Dad's walking around again. Uh, What's happening? No, no, oh no! I don't fucking buy it, movie. There's a fucking scare coming up. Oh no! Holy shit, dude! Get the fuck out, dude! Are you fucking kidding me? Why are you still at this farm? Oh, dude, I would have shit all of my pants. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. Hey, fucker, it's halfway to Halloween. Fuck yeah, man, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like a month late, but, you know, we had to finish all those fucking alien movies. In our defense, we had six alien movies to watch. <laughs> so, you know, hey, we got there eventually. It's all good. We are kicking it off with a good old-fashioned paranormal extravaganza tonight in 2020's The Dark and the Wicked. There will be spoilers in this podcast. Tonight. This is uh, described as a, a psychological haunted house horror movie. And it's directed by a guy named Brian Bertino. He's best known for uh, The Strangers. The movie The Strangers uh, came out, uh, you know, well, back in the day. And then he uh, he didn't direct the sequel, but he wrote the screenplay for uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, which um, we'll, we'll probably cover those movies eventually on the podcast. But uh, tentatively i'd say check those out he's got some talent this guy knows what he's doing every so often luke and i watch a movie like this you know like sort of that paranormal creepy shit happening conjuring type although it's not you don't really want to compare this movie to those two it's a little bit different but i tend to only watch these movies with luke i don't really enjoy watching them on my own if i was to watch this by myself i would have man i there's this is movie scary <laughs> i'm just gonna say it this movie fucking scared me even watching it with you it's a little jump scare heavy but they're they're good jump scares they're earned it's it's pretty fucking terrifying and it's yeah it's definitely it's not gory really there's a couple of no. scenes that you know bring the groove but for the most part it's a lot of setup yeah you get that release from that from that sweet sweet jump scare that uh creeps up behind you Every time I watch a movie like this, I think that I don't like them as much as I think I do. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like, you know, because I, again, I, I don't like watching these by myself. I don't know if I like that. I don't mind a jump scare, but I don't know if I like that feeling of like, like that prolonged tension. Yeah. You know, that's interesting that you say that because it's, you know, at the time I'm with you. I'm like, man, this is, I don't know. This is why I'm. Am I enjoying this? <laughs> well, like this? I, I mean, I've, we've said it about it before because I, uh, I nope the fuck out of like Resident Evil 7 because I just don't like, I, I have, you know, I have my limited time to play, you know, single player video games and, and that's not how I want to play it. I don't want to feel uncomfortable the entire time. And, you know, these movies sort of make me uncomfortable. And so I, I guess what I'm saying is I like them every so often, but I'm, I'm not going to watch these by myself anymore. And yeah, so there you go. I'm with Marcus. My take on it is, uh, man, it, it's uh, at the time, like, holy shit, this is fucking scary. I don't want to know what happens next. And then I do. And then the movie's over. And I, I think back on it. I'm like, man, that was a fucking good, scary movie. So uh, <laughs> I uh, that's I mean, not to jump ahead to my final thoughts, but that's kind of how I feel about this one. 
Just give us a give us a setup for this movie. Like a brief synopsis of this is uh it's on a secluded farm is in Texas. A, a man is is slowly dying. Uh he's being has been taken care of by his wife and hers children. There's a, a, a the main characters of this movie, their siblings, uh Luis and Michael come and uh help out with this uh with this dire, you know, depressing situation. Uh when they get to the family farm, their mom, Virginia, is not happy to see them. She doesn't want them there and she wants them to leave. And it isn't told you not to come. Told you not to come. It isn't, you know, long after that they show up that their mom, while doing some midnight carrot shopping starts cutting her fucking fingers off, you mean? That's what starts, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just cutting her fingers off. She cuts her fingers off and then she like minces them. You like you know like when you're like you're making a recipe and it says, Hey, mince uh some garlic cloves. Well, that's what she does to her fingers. And uh and then she goes to the 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 goat barn because they raise goats on this farm. There's like a hundred goats or something, and uh she hangs herself. Yeah, and that's it for mama. <laughs> that's pretty much it. And uh Oh, if only. Uh, it, well, I mean, that's it for, I mean, that's the basic setup is that siblings go back home to help their mom with their dying father. The mother freaks out, kills herself. And then the rest of the movie is creepy shit after creepy shit after creepy shit and a little bit of like what is actually going on. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, Michael, the, um, the brother, he ends up finding his mom's diary underneath uh, their dad's bed. And the diary is full of stuff like, you know, talking about the devil. And, it, you know, it, it talks about a voice inside of her head and, and that, you know, the devil wants David's soul. David is is the dad, by the way. He's, he's bedbound the entire movie. He's yeah. on oxygen. He looks like he's on life support. Dude looks like he should be in a hospice, but he's just, you know, he's dying at home. But don't think of this as a possession movie. Cause like nobody's really possessed. I don't think. I think it's just like some sort of demonic spirit fucking around with everybody. I think there's a case to be made for that at the very, very, very end. But, uh, yeah, until then I agree with you. The way this movie works is that it takes place over a week and they do that title card thing, right? Luke? Yeah, so you'll have, you know, Monday, black screen, Tuesday, black screen. You know, it's like uh, The Shining, right? The Shining does that. Yeah, yeah, like different things happen on different days. I will say that there was a couple times when we said, is it still fucking Tuesday? Because it feels <laughs> like some of the days are really, really long. And some of the days are really, really short. Exactly. Yeah, like so some days, uh, not a whole lot happens. Some days seem to go on forever. We're going to talk about some of the really creepy shit in this movie that we enjoyed and not necessarily in order by day, but just some of the, the creepy shit that we saw. Because again, that, that's pretty much the whole story. I mean, you have some other like, uh, characters that show up, but really it's, this is a story of the, the brother and the sister. Yeah. Luis and Michael. I'm going to start off with the first thing that really made me fucking take notice. Was uh on Tuesday when Louise is taking a shower, and she starts hearing creepy ass noises. And remember, Dad is bedbound. He's you know he's far from being able to you know to to get up from from bed, from his bed. And you know she's in the shower, 
all of a sudden the shower door gets flung open and there's dad standing right there he's got like whites for his eyes he's doing the uh the jacob's ladder shuffle you know when he's like shaking his head around <laughs> yeah. and he's like he's pissing his pants it's really scary it's really really unsettling and then you know louise cowers in the shower and when she looks back up he's gone and then you know michael her her brother is like you know what, what the fuck's wrong with you like what's the matter the one that got me good was shortly after this, and it involved Michael. Because when Michael came and saw his sister in the shower, it was actually sort of an odd reaction. Like, he just, like, sees her in the shower, like, freaking out. And he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> it's and almost like, again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't believe that there's anything going on. Even though he's, like, he doesn't seem phased by any of the shit that's going on, you know? Like, yeah, he's it's just, just he's sis, sis. Yeah, he's content to believe that his you know his dad's dying and his mother sort of you know can't deal with it type of thing right i think that really got me and i i this was the first time i got goosebumps in this movie was when michael was going to go to bed and they the the movie makes it very clear that michael walks across the room like sort of into the hallway to turn off the light switch in the bedroom it's like think about like that old house that has weird light switches that are just in weird like spots that are really far away from where you would need them, you know, right? Right. And, they, and the movie makes a show of showing you how far he has to fucking walk and turn off the lights. So he turns off the lights and he goes back to bed. And as soon as he gets in bed, the lights turn back on. Yeah, this is where I was like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling Luke, and I'm sitting there watching, I'm telling Luke, and I'm like, does that happen to me in real life? I don't know what I would do. I don't know what the fuck I would do. I would be done. I like. Well, what you, are you gonna do with that? Well, well you got to remember this this farm, right? Which, by the way, director Brian Bertino. This is his family farm. They they just use that for for the filming location. And man, what a home run, right? It, it's just what a great. Oh, it looks great. Yeah, they they fell into that one. Great atmospheric setting for this movie. I guess the case could be made too that he made this movie because he had the farmhouse. Well, dude, if that's the case, man, what a home run. Because, yeah, exactly. What would you do at that point? Your your light goes back on. There's no way that happened by accident. No, and, it's uh, it's deliberate. It's very deliberate. You even hear, like, they the, you hear the switch, like, the click of the switch. It's like it's not, like, a faulty circuit or something like that. It's like, no, something, turn on the fucking switch. Michael's still in that world where he's like, maybe there is something wrong. And he walks over to the light switch and, for some reason, turns it back off. <laughs> right which is not right please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> and then walks over to the window and looks outside and sees his mother his now dead mother like levitating off the ground and that's not so much what got me it's that after that happened like you start to hear someone like there's uh there like they use music pretty well in here like there's people singing and stuff like that like and chanting we'll, yeah and we'll talk about the sound design in a second here but it wasn't so much the levitating mother in the uh, on the lawn outside the window. It's that when he looks out, he starts to hear that chanting. And he turns back, mother's gone, and he turns around, and it does one of those things where it's like all of a sudden, like there's a figure in the back corner that he doesn't see, right? Yeah, and he never sees this figure. And then when he turns the light back on, it's like she's standing right behind him, and then the scene ends. Right, and it and it's mom. It's his mom, and right. they do this. It, uh, yeah. They do this for the the first half of the movie. There's a lot of stuff that the characters, the main characters, aren't aware of, but we are. That shit always gets me, man. Yep. 
Yeah, and dude, this is just Tuesday. That's <laughs> still, still just Tuesday, man. We'll take a minute here that I, I mentioned it already, is that the sound design in this movie is freaking amazing. It's so good. It's uh they they have uh you know whoever was in charge of, of the sound uh mix design uh you know deserves some kind of applause because uh man they did a great job. They just uh if this whole movie makes you feel very very uneasy pretty much from the get go and the sound effects the sound design just you know hammers at home. You you will not feel comfortable for about a ninety minutes while you're watching this movie. The other scene that really got me involved, Michael again, and it was when he was in the barn house. And I know we're skipping around a little bit. Luke might have something before this, but again, we're not, I'm not worried about it happening in order because you're really just watching this movie to experience these, you know, like these frightening things. And when Michael's in the barn house and he's like, he's in there and he turns around and his like naked dead mother starts like ambling towards him, you know, very slowly. It reminded me of that, uh, uh, was it a Korean or Japanese movie called Pulse or something like that? Oh, Pulse. Yes. Uh, I, the original Pulse was, was Japanese. Yes. I have a vivid memory of watching this with you in your apartment back in the day <laughs> and seeing this fucking crazy woman in the corner, like, and she like turns around and starts walking, but it's not a normal walk. It's like this loping, you know, like hopscotchy type walk. And that's the sort of feeling I got from this scene, even though it's not exactly the same, but. Just again, more weird movement and just like unsettling images. You know what it reminded me of, dude, is the, I think we mentioned the shining earlier, uh, is, uh, that scene when he goes into that, you know, in the room when he finds the, the old lady. Oh yeah. Like 203 or 207 or whatever that is. Yeah. 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 When, when he, he, uh, he goes into, you know, in the bathroom and he finds the old lady rotting in the, in the bathtub. Yeah. That, yeah. that's kind of what it reminds me. Cause that's, Honestly, that that's too. kind of what yeah. that's kind of what she looks like, and then yeah, she's coming towards him, and then you know, it just what it looks like, you know, because she's, you know, physically knocking things over because she, she, you know, they're in this uh, this goat, you know, what would you call it, like uh, sanctuary or you know, encampment <laughs> or whatever. Sanctuary, go sanctuary, like sure. We'll like go a with fucking that. barn, you mean? Goat barn, goat barn. <laughs> it's a goat barn. <laughs> We're gonna go with goat barn. And, no, uh, man, it, I like Goat Sanctuary. But Ghost one. Sanctuary. We're going to go with Ghost Sanctuary. And, uh, you know, and there's this Ghost Sanctuary is surrounded by these, like, uh, <laughs> these, <laughs> these charms or whatever. Like, they're like, uh, you know, you, you hit them and they make a, like a noise. And she's hitting all these things. So she's, you know, she's like corporeal, at least in his world. So she's like, yeah. you know, touching, knocking things over. So he like, you know, he sees his dead mom coming towards him. He, you know, he turns to the side, closes his eyes. Of course, he opens them and she's gone. And then, you know, then you get a fucking awesome jump scare. She comes from behind him. It's man, it's really well done. It's really fucking scary. I got goosebumps like, a lot during this movie. And, and then it like jumps into like the real world, if you will, or the, you know, what's really happening. And he's got a knife to his own throat. Cause what this demonic presence tries to get people to do is to try to, um, you know, freaked them out so much that they killed themselves and that's what happened to his mother and it happened to another character named charlie where he blew his head off with a shotgun and it looks like mike's gonna do it be able he like realizes at the last second what's going on and he stops himself yeah and it kind of you know foreshadows what happens to his character and the end of the movie charlie yeah the, the family friend you know he, he blows his head off because he sees some insane stuff in his apartment because it looks like this you know this curse or this influence whatever well, it, looks it is like the sister's in there 
Right, right. It's uh, you know, it's far reaching. And then uh man, there's another amazing scene when it's uh Charlie's granddaughter that comes to visit uh Luis. And man, this is the one that really, really just got my skin crawling when she's just standing in the, you know, in the doorway and she's talking about how her grandfather died and she just wanted to come over and let her know firsthand because, you know, they were such good, such good friends to the family and all that. And it should be just like a regular, nice, normal scene, right? She's just there to, you know, well, it to, makes to, you feel it, that way too. You think this is like a real character that's just sort of like, you know, right. Everything. And this is a character we, we haven't met before, but then, uh, all of a sudden, it's just it's shot so well because it just takes a, a very subtle shift. And all of a sudden, she's she's talking to Louise, and the way that she's shot, the way that her head kind of starts to like lean forward, so she's almost uh, it's like unnerving. Mm, it, you're, yeah. looking up, like she's like a predator ready to pounce on some prey. It, it the stuff she starts to say, and before you know it, it's again. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna spoil it. It's uh, you gotta check it out. It's 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 one of the it, one of the better shot scary scenes i've seen in a while it's really really well done so these things keep getting worse and more frequent and the biggest problem that i had with the movie at any point i feel like and and, i mean i get it you know like their dad is technically bedridden and they're taking care of him and right at the beginning of the week they could have taken him and themselves away from the farm and gone to some sort of you know hospitalized care um, and then later on when it was, you know, apparent that their father was, you know, pretty much already gone anyway, these two should have just fucking left the farm. Yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of like the, the age old problem of haunted house movies, right? Like, why doesn't the family just pack the fuck up and get the fuck out of there, right? And it rears its head in this movie as well. Um, they, they kind of battle or try to, battle that problem with this uh stubborn doctor that comes and visits them and he's like no we can't move your dad because if we move him he'll die and to my pro- you know my question was like is he even like a, a like a full code guy like is he <laughs> like you know if so what like he looks like he's a death door anyway yeah he's gonna die anyway like uh maybe so tomorrow yeah, yeah maybe or maybe an hour from now i mean he looks real bad and uh yeah, so I guess that's kind of like an artificial obstacle. The movie throws at the the main characters that feels like an artificial obstacle, but that's uh that's really like the that's probably like you, Marcus. I think that's my biggest issue with the movie. Other than that, I I felt it was it was really effective. Luke, you mentioned earlier that you could make a case that this might be a possession movie by towards the end of the movie. Yeah. So okay. So hardcore spoilers here. We're getting to the literally like the last few minutes of the movie. Um, during this movie, one of the other characters we haven't talked about is, uh, a nurse who's just, her character name is just nurse. If you look in the credits, you know, and she's been checking in on, um, on their dad, on, on David. And, uh, you know, she's very religious. Uh, she's been lighting these candles next to his bed. And, uh, during the last few minutes of the movie, she seems to lose control. She's also been knitting too. Like she's been, uh, you know, knitting something. So she loses control and she starts stabbing herself with her knitting needles in the stomach. And I thought for sure she was going to stab herself in the eye. And I was relieved like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> she, it didn't she's last o- long, folks. She's, she's only stabbing herself. <laughs> Luke, was, Luke was not relieved for very long. 
Oh god. And then uh and then yeah, and then she goes like the movie was like, Oh wait, you, you don't want her to stab herself in the eye, Luke? And then they found out exact- you were watching the movie and, yeah. and they, they, they changed it on the fly. And then uh I mean I don't not to be self centered, but uh, all of a sudden, like, yeah, she fucking stabbed herself in the eye. One at a time, uh yeah, big old knitting needles, gross. uh fucking blood just gushing out of her eye sockets, uh and then she collapses and dies. Uh, and then the, you know, this, this candle that's got, uh, I believe a picture of the, uh, uh, uh what is it? The, of Mary, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, you can see it slowly. It's, it's coming to the, you know, to the end. It's, it's burning out. And as soon as it burns out, you know, it's just, just now it's just Louise next to her dad. She's like cowering next to him and he's starting to like breathe heavy, like, the, you know, like agonal breathing. And then he stops breathing. He dies. And then at the very end of the movie, motherfucker comes to life and grabs her. And that's how the movie yeah. ends. It's like, oh, my God. It is, again, it's fucking scary as shit. Yeah, man. Uh, it's definitely one of those ones that I would not watch on my own. And I think, you know, with these movies, it's like there's not much rewatch value for me personally. Like, oh, I'm no, not going to go never... and watch this by myself. No. I'm, nope. yeah, I'm not. And I don't feel like the need to like watch it with somebody else. I'll recommend it to other people, you know, but right with that, with that being said, Luke, give me your final thoughts on the dark and the wicked. Scary. (laughs) (laughs) Really scary. Uh, man, especially coming from what we've been watching since February. Right. I, uh, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Cause we did, you know, we did the animals. And then we did aliens. And we did which... Scream, but like Scream's not really scary like this. Right. Scream's, you know, like the jump scare thing. And then, you know, the sci-fi stuff. There was some creepy stuff in there, but yeah, nothing like this. But by, by far the, the scariest of those was Alien, uh-huh. the first of the, the Alien series. Uh but uh yeah, this is uh this is man, this is some good, you know, slow burn, scary, psychological, supernatural horror. Um you know, very a la the conjuring movies. Uh, if you like stuff like that and it's got a, a little bit of a bonus of, of some, some gore here and there. It's nothing crazy, but it's there. Uh, you are the target audience for this movie. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really well done. I, I wish more people knew about it and, uh, hopefully more people will discover it now that it's, you know, on shutter. This is a good one for us to start our series with because it was, uh, is like a definite return to horror. In in 2022, we have been a little bit away from that horror that is our roots. So it was nice to get back to it. You know, it's one of those uh, paranormal, devilish type movies that I don't really enjoy watching on my own. And I'm never going to watch this one again, but it was good. It looked really good. Everything uh, had a, a certain style and uh, the director stuck with it. You can feel it. Sound design is amazing. It's very, very creepy. If you're into that kind of stuff, I would start here. So, yeah, definitely go watch The Dark and the Wicked. I will not be watching it with you. <laughs> hey, I will say, though, this is the type of movie that I I would watch again with uh, an unsuspecting bystander. Like, hey, you want to see The Dark and the Wicked? I heard it's fun. <laughs> and just to see the reaction. This is one of those movies where I would love to see, you know, someone that uh, hasn't seen it and is, uh, you know, affected by scary movies in a in a certain way i would love to see see their reactions to this movie (laughs) because it's fucking scary 
So with our return to horror, it is also the return of the guest the movie segment. And uh, Luke's going to get us started tonight. The return of the king. <laughs> <laughs> the original review to death podcast segment. In this 1989 horror movie, a fucking bro named Eric owns a house. <laughs> and a piece not of- just a bro, not just a bro, a fucking bro. A fucking bro named Eric owns a house on a piece of real estate highly lauded by commercial real estate developers who desperately want to build a mall there. When these shady bastards set Eric's house on fire, Eric appears to lose his life while saving that of his girlfriends. With Eric and his house out of the way, the mall is indeed built on the property and it opens a year later. All is not well in the land of commercialism, however, as shortly after opening, the new mall begins to have a real bodies piling up real quick kind of problem. Someone is slicing and dicing their way through the mall's customers and employees alike. But who could it be? Does it have something to do with Eric's death? I mean, yeah, probably. As you were telling me about that, I was trying to delve into the my the, the depths of the weird horror movies that my brain has been privy to. And man, I, I thought I was just like, thought I would recognize some things and then you said something different. So man, I don't know what this is at all. Give me those clues. All right. Hopefully we can get this figured out. Are you ready for clue number one? Give it to me. Clue number one sucks, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast (laughs) where clue number one suck all the time. Yeah, notoriously useless. Okay, so clue number one. One of the stars of this movie, this 1989 movie, is none other than Paulie Shore. Oh, gosh. Uh, Which means we have to see this so I can see that dude This is a a horror movie? (laughs) Yes. With Paulie Shore? Fuck yeah, it is. Not is it like a horror comedy or just like straight up horror? Oh, it's a straight up horror. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that color me surprised. Yeah, I uh, again, I want to now. I want to see it because just so I can hopefully see him get stabbed to death. Not a not a Polish Shore fan back in the day. If you don't, you know, if you're not getting the the, the thrift here. Side okay. note: He's actually really funny now. Is he? Yeah, he is. Oh. He is at his old age. He is hilarious. Okay, well that's cool because back in the day I could stand the dude. Okay, so <laughs> I think I think you're not alone in that. All right, clue number two. This is this is where you know things get good. All right, so the killer in this movie wears a sort of a half mask over his face to cover the horribly burned parts of his visage, much like the antagonist of a certain 1911 novel about a haunted opera house yeah. by French writer Gaston Leroux, which yeah. has been adapted about a million times into plays, yeah, musicals, and movies. Yeah. Who could this killer possibly be, Marcus? Hmm? <laughs> Maybe a phantom of some sort? Maybe. But who? Think about the identity. It's not that hard to figure <laughs> out from the description. <laughs> so, okay. So that's, that's clue number two. All right. Here's your last clue. So this movie's title has two parts. The first part, you'll hopefully guess via the second clue. Okay. Well, the second part of the title concerns the killer's motivation. Have you guessed who the killer is yet? You bloody well should have. Now, why would the killer do such things at this particular mall? Okay. So think of clue number two, right? Yeah. What 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 does that allude to, right? Yeah. It's the, uh, yeah. You know, right. half now, mask. I, here's my guess. Is this movie called... All right. So you're, from your clues, you're implying that the name Eric's in there somewhere. That's what I was picking up on. So I'm going to go with, yes. I'm going to go with 
Phantom of the Mall, Eric Comes Back from the Dead. Oh, dude, you're so fucking close, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my well, God. Phantom, Phantom of the Mall has got to be correct. Like, why would it you is. give me clue number two if that's not? That's exactly what it is. Clue number two, okay. you fucking nailed it. It's I, Phan- I, I, Phantom of the Mall, and it's Eric's something. Eric's okay. something. So what, is, what does Eric want because of what happened to him? Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Fuck yeah, man. Nice. That's it. There we go. <laughs> Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. That's right, I mean, if I'm man. I'm being honest. That was like that was half a real answer and half of a fake one because I, I really couldn't figure out what the Eric part afterwards would be. Yeah, so I just I went a, with a generic term, but I had a tough time like, warding that. But um, yeah, man, Eric's Revenge. And you know what? I looked up. Uh, I, I didn't know much about the Phantom of the Opera, so I. I looked up the uh, the original novel and the um, the Phantom, the guy behind the mask. His name is actually Eric in the in the novel. So that's uh, oh they, really? They, okay. They definitely they they took that you know from from that. So here's another piece of the trivia that you're gonna enjoy. This film was filmed at the same mall as the movie Chopping Mall. <laughs> oh yes, dude! Fucking Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. If you want to know about Chopping Mall, check out our reviewed to death mini that we did back in Halloween. Where uh, uh, very inebriated Luke and Marcus are talking about <laughs> chopping mall, and now it has the wrong title. And it's a, it's an awesome little tiny clip. This is long before we did any other podcast. Chopping mall has like I think it's like a five point eight on IMDb. Hey, I this remember one, enjoying the movie. It's great. It's great. Chopping mall is fantastic, and we should we should cover it for the podcast at some point. It is fantastic. This one has a 5.0, so it's not bad, man. We've seen, we've watched stuff we've that's seen worse. worse. And, uh, looking at the, uh, the trailer, I would absolutely watch this with you. This is, this is one that we can put on the list at some point. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. We're coming up next. We're going to watch the 2021 movie Blood Red Sky, which you can actually find on Netflix. So if you want to watch that one before listening to our review, you can definitely do that. But that's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. Sunday. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> like, maybe we're not wanted here. Have you been having all these crazy visions and dreams? No, nah, it's all in your head. I don't think it is. I, uh, I think we're going to die in this house. Be quiet and get back in the kitchen, sister. I mean, I will, but... <laughs>